Welcome back to Suter's podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Guru Hargobind organized Bibi Viro's engagement to a poor Katri kid named Sadhu. How Mata Damodri, Viro's mother, wasn't too thrilled about this. We also heard how Guru Hargobind was maintaining the discipline and the practice of his warriors, enjoying their time out in the forest surrounding Amritsar hunting, and also how the Guru's family was growing greatly with the birth of a new son, Atalurai, from Mata Nanaki. These next two chapters will speak of Mata Kola, as we remember from some episodes ago when Guru Hargobind uh, was in Lahore, Kola was just taken away by the form of Guru Hargobind. She was the daughter of a Kazi there, a lawmaker who had a dispute with Guru Hargobind and Baba Buddhaji regarding the payment of a horse. That Kazi said something really disrespectful to Baba Buddhaji about how he would become the son-in-law of Guru Hargobind. Now this is a really nasty slur basically saying he's going to marry, he's going to bed his daughter and in that way receive a dowry and take the money that way. Baba Buddhaji, he just couldn't handle it and so he said, just wait and see how Guru Hargobind will become your son-in-law. The text describes how Guru Hargobind saved her from the plight that she was facing in her father's house, the Kazi's house, where she was beat very brutally. There were a few letters back and forth and Guru Hargobind eventually as they were packing up camp from Lahore to head to Amritsar, made a late night excursion to Golan's place, grabbing her in the middle of the night. They rode off together, Golan riding on the same horse behind Guru Hargobind, as they would eventually then meet up with the larger Sikh force along the path to Amritsar. When they got back to Amritsar, Mata Ganga wasn't too thrilled about this situation and didn't allow Golan to spend her time in the residence with the other wives of the Guru. So Guru Hargobind made a separate residence for her. From time to time, Guru Hargobind would go and meet with Gola. And this is important to know for the next eight to nine episodes as many unfaithful Sikhs saw this interaction as unbefitting for the Guru, which we'll hear about. But chapter 57 now begins describing how Gola, after many days heard of the celebrations and happiness in the Guru's house and really wanted to see all the new kids. So she got in her palanquin, headed towards the Guru's residence, when she got there, she got out and entered the house. She looked over and saw Mata Ganga. She bowed down to her feet. Mata Ganga saw her from far and gave her blessings. When Kola saw all the three wives of Guru Hargobind, she saluted them all. And she sat with affection amongst all of them, speaking very sweetly. The wives respected her and sat her amongst them. They understood that she came there with love in her heart for all of them. Kola gave her congratulations to them all for the new kids that were born and the engagements. The wives received these congratulations openly and were happy. Gola was there playing with the four little boys. They all looked like little princes. They're so beautiful and cute. When she looked over at the daughter, Bibi Viro, Viro just looked gorgeous in her fancy clothes and jewelry. Gola played with all of them so lovingly, hugging them, giving them blessings. Baba Gurdetta was probably around six to seven. He was running around all over the place. His jewelry was making noise as he was running around. Surajmal, he was just a toddler now. He would just try to walk. He didn't have a lot of strength, but he'd walk very slowly. Anirai, he was just rolling around on the ground. <laughs> uh, he was just crawling. The newborn, Atalrai, he was still an infant, so he didn't have any strength yet. He was just in his mother's lap. Bibiviro was in the lap of a maid playing on the other side. And this is how Kolna saw all the kids and played with them. And she had a thought arise that how amazing their fate must be 
the wives of Guru Hargobind, that they have such blessings and happiness in their life. They have the best husband in the world. There's no one equal to Guru Hargobind. And then beyond that, they have such beautiful kids, which just by looking at them, one feels cheerful. Why would the kids be anything else? Their father possesses all the virtues in the world. How blessed are these wives of Guru Hargobind? Blessed is their life that they have such a husband and such kids. So this is what Golan was thinking while playing with the kids in her lap. Then she thought while looking at the kids, well, why don't I have any kids from Guru Hargobind? From the Guru, such strong and beautiful kids are born. Until now, I've not asked the Guru for a kid. For this reason, I'm so stupid. People from all corners of the earth, men, women, they ask the Guru to fulfill their desires. And some request that their poverty be displaced, that they are able to take in great wealth. Others ask for the pains of their bodies to be removed, illnesses. Some without sons ask the Guru for his son. And in this way, people ask for all sorts of things. How can I count all of them? Both kings and the poor come here to ask for blessings. Guru Hargobind looks gracefully upon them all, providing them with what they need. And the congregation takes all of these blessings then back to their residences. If I request this in front of the Guru, if I please them, they will give me this blessing. So this is what Kaulam was thinking while looking at the kids of the Guru with so much happiness. She was thinking about this now so extensively in her heart that she became a little bit crazy. She was thinking more and more about it. She couldn't just sit there and think about it anymore. She had to leave. So she got up, she saluted Mataganga, the three wives, before then going back to her residence. And in such sadness, she just sat there thinking about it, thinking, oh, Guru Hargobind just thinks of me as a Turkani, as a descendant from the Turks, the Mughals. So he's renounced me. He's tricked me. He's not really loved me. He's thought of me as the dirtiest of them all. He's not seen the love I have for him in my heart. But Guru Hargobind fulfills the desires, the blessings of the congregation, who only come every so often to see him. Who has love for the Guru like me? I don't think about anything else besides Guru Hargobind day and night. It's in this remembrance of the Guru that I find peace. Why would Guru Hargobind not fulfill my desire? It's his nature to be subdued by love. Within Guru Hargobind, all the powers of the world reside. And in taking the Guru's name is the source of all happiness. I'm cursed. I've not understood their ability. I've never asked them for my heart's desires. Guru Hargobind himself has not become happy with me and given me this blessing. I must have such poor, unfortunate fate. The true Guru has played a trick on me. He's conned me. That Guru which in his heart doesn't have any love for me. So in this way, Golan just kept thinking about this and started to get a little angry. She began to cry. She tore off all her fancy jewelry, which was glistening with gems and diamonds. She threw them away into the courtyard of her residence, where she then went to lay down. Jewelry was sparkling on the floor of the courtyard, so brightly. It looked like the night sky when the stars were sparkling. She removed her very colorful and beautiful clothing. Instead, she put on thick and dirty clothes. She stopped eating or drinking anything. She didn't go to her soft bed. Instead, she was just laying down on the ground. She was thinking that either I'll receive the blessing of a kid from the Guru or I'll die. She was just laying there, angry, on the ground, in tears, feeling hopeless. She was thinking that Guru Hargobind is a knower of all hearts. They'll come. They'll pick me up. And at that moment, I'll ask my wish from the Guru. 
and he'll happily give it to me. She was laying down all day. Now well into the night, she was just going crazy thinking about this. She was twisting and turning all night. She didn't sleep well. She was in such pain. And then the morning came. Time passed so slow that night. It was like a year had passed. Many maids came to Kola asking her what's wrong. Are you sick? Are you hurt? But Kola wouldn't say anything. Eventually she just said, the one who removes all pains, they know my pain. The peer of all peers, Guru Hargobind, they know all. This is all she said, and then she went quiet again. Meanwhile, Guru Hargobind maintained his discipline, his nitname, his daily routine of waking up in the last phase of the night. When he got up, he would enter the Darbar Sahib to listen to the Rababi sing Asa Divar, and then the recitation of Sukhmani Sahib began. After that, Guru Hargobind would sit at the Akal Takht, setting up his court session, giving his darshan, divine sight to all the congregation that was arriving there. They would recite Gurbani from the Guru Granth Sahib, and this is how their daily routine was. And when they would read Gurbani, they wouldn't speak with anybody or look around, their eyes were just absorbed in the Gurbani. But on that day, they felt the pain of Kaulan. The Guru's heart was being pulled and twisted by this love. He couldn't just sit there. His mind wasn't stable. He couldn't bear the pain of this love she had for him. She had become merged with the remembrance of the Guru. In contemplation of the Guru, she had placed the Guru's form firmly in her mind, so solidly that even a yogi, even a yogi who was doing his samadhi, his meditation, wouldn't be able to achieve that level of focus. She had imbued her remembrance, her focus of the Guru with love. And in this great crazed love, Guru Hargobind couldn't bear this pull. So as Sukhmani Sahib was still being recited, there was still some part of it remaining. And Guru Hargobind, he just had to get out of the Darbar. This is the great nature of the Guru, that they give love to their devotees. And Guru Hargobind had implanted this nature deep within his heart. All other vows and routines could be forsaken. But for the sake of the Guru's beloveds, they could never abandon that. So Guru Hargobind went quickly to the house of Kola. Kola, who had eyes like lotus flower, she was just laying there. Guru Hargobind then sat down near her, and whatever was remaining from Sukhumi Sahib, he just read it there. When it finished, Guru Hargobind bowed down his head. Guru Hargobind then called over, over a maid of Kola and asked her, Why is Kola laying down on the ground there? What happened? Did something go wrong? The maid clasped her hands together and told Guru Hargobind, well, she first went to your residences and she came back so sad, so deflated. She came and she just laid down. She didn't tell us what was wrong at all. She said that the one who removes all pain, they know my pain. They are the greatest bead of all beads. And she has been like this for the last 18 hours. It was yesterday around noon since she's been like this. She's not eaten anything or drank anything. She's thrown off all her nice clothes. She wasn't sleeping on her bed. She's taking these heavy breaths and pain and crying nonstop. But you should go, please, and ask her, and she will tell you it all. Guru Hargobind heard all of this from the maid and then desired to ask Golan what was wrong. And that's how chapter 57 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear the discussion between Mata Golan and Guru Hargobind. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Get out!
गाऊंगा चढ़ के गाऊंगा चढ़ के मरेगा शरण भरेगा गुरु अर्जुन साहब 